0: Well, as i uh, have already mentioned, we are in the middle of a series called I Have Some Good News for You. Uh, and uh, in a moment, Judy's going to come and speak to us. Uh, if you uh, haven't yet got one of these little booklets that we've got available, this is a booklet we've produced just to help you throughout the week, uh, whether on your own or in groups or whatever it is, to explore some of the themes we're looking at. We're looking at six big questions that people ask of Christianity. Uh, and uh, today's question is, why is Christianity so restrictive? And so please do grab one of these booklets Uh, for yourself or for your group, whatever it is. There's activities in there, questions to kind of explore. Readings you might want to read every day of the week from the Bible. There's things to do as all ages, so if you've got children in your world, you can explore those things as well. Grab one of those uh, afterwards. But we're going to read now from the Bible. Uh, So we're going to turn from the Bible. The words will be on the screen, and we're going to read two brief passages. The first is the opening of the Ten Commandments, and then we're also then going to read the opening uh, verse from Galatians chapter 5. So firstly, Exodus chapter 20. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And then this is from Galatians 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I'm going to pray for Judy. Father, we thank you for freedom, would you be our teacher this morning showing us where true freedom is found? We pray, and we ask this in Jesus name. Amen.
1: Well, good morning. My name's Judy, and I 'm one of the leaders here, and um, stories from amongst us uh, that really speak into this series when we're looking at the good news of Jesus and what we make of that good news. I don't know what you make of the news uh, this week. Uh, Two things stuck in my mind uh, as I reflected on whether we hear much good news at the moment. Uh, One was uh, Billy Graham uh, dying this week. Uh, With these words uh, resonating with many of us, a lot of people tweeted about this this week, He said this, "'Someday you will read or hear that Billy Graham is dead. "'Don't you believe a word of it? "'I shall be more alive than I am now. "'I will just have changed my address. "'I will have gone into the presence of God.'" Uh, an amazing evangelist uh, for our generation and uh, for generations before us, and uh, uh, his legacy is incredible. But the same week that we hear those words, and perhaps we revisit those words, we've had Donald Trump, for example, saying, is it good for teachers to have arms Uh, so that actually um, we have less killings in classrooms across America? And you think, is this the free world? Because that's what it's called. (laughs) You know, I don't know what you make of Billy Graham. I don't know what you make of Christianity. But one thing's for sure. I think it would be hard to describe our world at the moment as a free world. And when we juxtapose those two headlines, if you like, uh, perhaps most of us feel we maybe fall a little bit in the middle. Do we have the certainty of Billy Graham? Maybe not. But are we certain that some things are wrong? Absolutely we are. And uh, as we had those verses that Tim read uh, at the beginning uh, from Galatians and from Exodus, we kind of live really with those two kind of paradoxical statements about freedom and about rules. As Rob said, he said he thought Christianity was about a rule book. And certainly growing up, that would be true for me. And when you think there's a rule book, you kind of measure yourself against it, and you say, am I going to actually make the grade? The answer somehow comes up no, and so we walk away, and we perhaps turn our backs on what we thought was Christianity. And certainly my experience as Rob's was, was what I thought was Christianity was very far from what it really was. I love the spoken word that we uh, saw and heard earlier because it says, are you bad enough for God, essentially? Are you messed up, broken enough, in need enough for a God that is your rescuer, for a saviour? Are we in need of a saviour? Is our world in need of a saviour? And the question that we've put today at this service really is why is Christianity so restrictive Is it a moral tightrope that we inevitably will fall off? We know that we're given the Ten Commandments, and many people raise their children, base their marriage, base their ethics as a business person on the Ten Commandments because it's a good way to live. We think, well, actually, it's a kind of good measure. You know, we don't want to do too much wrong. If you're a parent today, you will have raised your children saying things like, don't touch that, it's hot. Hot is one of the first words that some children learn for a reason. Because a loving parent doesn't want his children or her children to be harmed in any way. And God's heart for us is good, We're going to sing after this talk, you're a good, good father. And when we deeply, really believe that, when we start to get our heads around that, then something with the Ten Commandments starts to change. Something with our rule book Christianity starts to change. I saw this at the beginning of the week. I always wonder why birds stay in the same place when they can fly anywhere on the earth. And then I ask myself the same question. There's a sense that we know there must be more than this, that actually some of the restrictions that we put, maybe we put on ourselves. I love Tony Campolo's analogy uh, of duck church. I don't know how many of you remember the story, but I remember reading it years ago now. And he talks about ducks going into church, and the duck pastor addresses them all and says, I have good news for you this morning. Uh, And they've all waddled into church, and he says, Here's the great news, ducks. You can fly. And the ducks think this is the best news. I mean, talking good news, they think this is the best news ever to hit them. They cannot get their heads around it. And they you know, high five one another with their wings. I'm maybe embellishing now, I don't know. But they celebrate this wonderful news that they were created to fly. And then the sad line at the end of Tony's story is, and then they waddled out of church again. And I don't know whether you're a Christian today, but I think if you are, there's a message there for us. But this is good news. One of our community group leaders the other day just said to me, do we we remember that this is good news that we have to share? The best news of all is the news that we actually have been rescued from our sin, rescued from slavery, uh, as we heard in the reading. I read this in a a sociological article uh, a couple of weeks ago and I thought this is very interesting when we look at freedom. Says this, in many areas of life, freedom is not so much an absence of restrictions as finding the right ones, the liberating restrictions, those that fit with the reality of our nature and the world and produce greater power and scope for our abilities and a deeper joy and fulfilment. In other words, we're kind of looking for freedom, but we know we need good restrictions within that freedom. We're looking for restrictions that fit us in a world that actually has tried claiming that freedom, but perhaps has slightly lost its way or lost its story. And I wonder if this begins, or I believe it does, right at the beginning of the Bible in the Old Testament with the story of Adam and Eve. Now, it might be a story you know, might be a story that you don't believe happened, maybe you think it was an allegory, maybe you think it was part of history. But one thing's for sure, God creates a world that is paradise, that is bliss that has nothing but good for his children, nothing but good for Adam and Eve. He intends everything to be good, but there's only one caveat, and that is please don't eat from the fruit of the tree of knowledge. That's the only restriction, if you like, that is placed on mankind, is that. Why? Because he says you will have knowledge of good and evil. You will get the knowledge that will give you a pride that will make you think what? That you are better than God. And so he says, don't do that and enjoy this world I've given you, this beautiful garden of paradise. You may eat the fruit of any tree in the garden except the tree that gives knowledge of what is good and bad. So what do man and woman do? And we won't lay any blame. We'll share the blame between them. There are many jokes about that. But certainly between the two of them and the serpent, it all goes wrong. And sin enters the garden. Slavery, if you like, enters our world. There and then, at that point. Why? Because we have said, actually, we know best. We don't need the restrictions that God has placed on us. The good, good father who has placed one restriction didn't know us well enough, we think, so off we go for the apple. And that's really where things start to be at war between this freedom and uh, this restriction. I think it's important, if you know the Ten Commandments at all, and most of us maybe can recite at least seven of them, but if we know them, maybe we're not as familiar with the verse that precedes them, which is the verse that we've read today. Simply says this, this is God speaking, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of a land of slavery. So he basically frames these 10 rules, these restrictions that he's given us with that. He says, just remember, before I tell you what I think you need to do, just remember that I am the Lord your God who saved you, who set you free, whose heart for you is good, whose heart for you is freedom. And so I give you these 10 boundaries for your life, for your living, so that you don't harm yourself, harm me, or harm one another. My heart is good. My heart is for you. My heart is freedom. So when we say rule book Christianity, all about thou shalt nots, how many times have you heard that? A lot of times in the media, people are very quick to leap on what Christians are against, but much, much less ready to look at what we are for in the freedom that we have found. I don't know what you think Jesus really would compare life to when we think of freedom. We might think moral tightrope. He said party, didn't he? So we say rule book, tightrope, this is what it is. Jesus said, do you know what my kingdom's like? It's like a party. That doesn't sound much like a rule book Christianity to me, does it? It sounds like, again, the the paradise that he fully intended at the beginning. It sounds like the fact that he said, actually, there is a banquet and everyone is invited. Everyone is invited. And what's interesting, and actually this has occurred to me the first time since reading the passage, is that the invitations had already gone out a first time. I hadn't got that. But actually, the servant is only sent as a reminder that the food is ready. People knew whether they are invited or not, it was just whether they had an excuse or a reason not to be at this party. And In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus tells a story and he says the kingdom of God is like a party, it's like a feast, you've been given an invitation, the servant goes out, he says, are you coming, the food's ready, and they all alike begin to make excuses. They say, my work is too important, my relationship is too important, my business is too important, so... I don't want to come to the party. Those things are more important than this beautiful banquet. So when we really say, is Christianity restrictive, when we look at the heart of Christianity, the man himself, Jesus, that Christianity is built on, is about, actually said it was a kingdom party, a banquet that everyone could come in, however impoverished, however broken, however messed up cracked up as we heard in the spoken word this is for you it's for everyone that doesn't sound restrictive to me it sounds inclusive and loving and uh, from a God and a father who knows the very best for me and some of you know growing up that that was a 19 year journey for me in understanding that God actually wanted the very best for me and hadn't set a grade that I couldn't actually reach Galatians 5 says this at the beginning of the chapter, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And it may be that you are a Christian today, many of us are here, but I think there's a resonance with that that we need to keep coming back to. Because the Apostle Paul here is saying you're free through Jesus Christ, totally free, invited to the banquet, and yet there's a little voice in many of our heads, even now, that says, I'm not sure I'm good enough. You know, I look around Riverside and maybe you've given yourself a label that says, I'm not good enough, or I'm not a good enough Christian. I've heard that a lot. I've said it, actually. Um, But actually, this is a gospel that says, come back to this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Don't chain yourself up again with guilt or shame because of some of the sins that you were involved with, even this morning or yesterday, when we come, as Rob said brilliantly in his testimony, God picks us up and says, I'm taking you from where you are now. You are free. You don't return to your slavery, but you stay in the freedom that Jesus brings. Uh, One of my heroes is Danielle Strickland. Uh, I love her teaching. I love her work among the poorest in our world. And I heard her speaking, very privileged to hear her speaking a few weeks ago. And she told us story about a wedding that was between two addicts, two recovering addicts, who met on the streets, who found a faith in Jesus and said, you know where we want our wedding? We want it in the very street where we met, when we were messed up, broken, that's where we're going to have our wedding. And they said, we don't want a guest list, we don't want the formalities of that. I'll tell you what we want, we want a street wedding where the, the people who are living on the streets, the people who are hungry, that's the guest list. They come to it. If you think of Jesus' words about the banquet, it sounds pretty close. And she, she tells the story. She was asked to officiate at that wedding. How a brilliant job that is. So she went and she came there from that background herself. She went and she officiates at this wedding and people who are homeless and the people who are hungry cannot get over that this wedding is for them. And she even showed a photo, which I haven't got sadly, of just the joy of everybody enjoying this, apart from a guy in a dumpster. American word, Um, like I guess a big wheelie bin in uh, Brummie and um, there was a guy in the wheelie bin and in the ceremony, just as it's getting going and all these people are joining in, he pops up, (laughs) pops his head up and just thinks what the heck's going on and that's where he lives, he lives in that place and he looks up and he thinks this is great, there's food, there's singing, there's people having a good time, ah, that can't be for me and down he goes. Uh, he, he goes down now we can ache at that because I do but also we can think how sad but there's a resonance that, that actually we think the party's not for me it can't be for me because I'm not good enough because I know of my own slavery I know of my own sins so I keep my head down so what does brilliant Danielle Strickland do she marches over there she knocks on the dumpster and says, you are invited to this. This is a party for everyone. This couple wanted the food to be for you, the drink to be for you. Why? Because God loves you. And they've discovered that. They've moved from slavery, if you like, into freedom. My prayer for us, as people who believe or people who don't yet believe, is that we know the truth of that, that our own sin doesn't bow us down so that we stay down. We say, oh, I'd have loved that Christianity, but it's not for me. That the gravity, if you like, of our own sin keeps us out of a party of goodness, of freedom. And it starts here. If you pray a prayer with me in a moment, uh, if you would like to do that, it starts there with just saying, I know that I'm weighed down in sin. I know that if I looked at the rule book, maybe of the Ten Commandments, I wouldn't be able to stand. I don't think any of us would. But the good news that Jesus came to share was that actually he is rescuer. That's Jesus' name. His name is he saves, which means rescuer. So that's not very restrictive, is it? (laughs) You know, when we say, "Oh, well, this Christianity, you know, this God squad or whatever is all about what you can't do. <clears throat> and yet the example of Jesus Christ is that every situation that he went into, he added to. And people who were wounded, people who were ill and unwell turned to him and said, would you heal me? And what did he do first? He said, I forgive you your sins. Before anything else, I heard of one of the girls in one of the myth small groups last week um, saying, uh, being asked the question, this is our youth small groups, uh, being asked a, a simple question, why did Jesus, when people wanted healing, say your sins are forgiven you? And she said, well, maybe it's because they knew there were doctors and maybe it's because they knew there were people who could help them with health, but there was only Jesus who could help them with their soul. And that moves me because that was my experience. We can try it anywhere else, to fix us, and many of us have. But we've found a world that is falsely advertising and wanting. A world that says you can be free to do whatever you like, and you'll be happy. And yet, statistics would say we're less happy than we ever have been. So this good news, this banquet, is for every single person eternally, Jesus has said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, but when we come through him, everything is added. Jesus has never asked me to give up anything that was doing me any good. That is part of my testimony, my story, and many others here will say the same. God gave the Lord to reveal his standard of absolute righteousness, to convict us all of our true guilt before him, so that we would see our need for the good news of the gospel. This is good news, and the good news of the gospel means that we all, if you like, start from where we are, as Rob brilliantly said, that we start together. So I'm gonna ask us just to be quiet for a moment and think about maybe where we are in that story. Where we find ourselves, do we still perhaps see Christianity as a rule book, 10 commandments? Just the reminder that the God who spoke those commandments is the God that sent his son as our rescuer, as our liberator, as the one who sets us free. And every single person here who would have their head down in the dumpster, who would keep their head down because of the gravity of their own sin, he says, come for everything is now ready. There are three things, apparently, that American children like to hear more than anything else. Three statements. One is, I love you. One is, you are forgiven. And the third is, dinner's ready. (laughs) I don't think we're really very much different. And yet, in Jesus, we have all three. He loves us, he forgives us, And he says there's a banquet eternally that Billy Graham (laughs) is enjoying now. An eternal banquet, an eternal feasting, not restrictive, only with two commandments, really, that Jesus encompassed in the New Testament, where he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbour as yourself. Let's stand together. I wonder if you would keep your eyes closed. I'm just going to uh, really lead us in a couple of responses. The first is for those of us who know that maybe, yes, we are Christians, but we know that we can't fully believe in a God who loves us, in a God who takes our brokenness, in a God who redeems us and has a plan for us. going to lead us in a prayer Lord I pray for those of us who can't quite believe this good news is for us pray for those of us who have known your love have known your rescue but perhaps have wandered off perhaps have put our head down in that dumpster because we don't think that we quite fit the mold of being a Christian And yet, Jesus, you say, come back to me, for I have a party for you of liberation, of goodness, of freedom and wholeness, and it starts today. Thank you that we are truly loved and truly forgiven in you, Jesus. And I wonder if you're here, and uh, perhaps this is the first time you've heard this good news. No one's going to see because their eyes are shut. But I, I wonder if you would raise your hand to just say, from today, I accept this forgiveness through Jesus. I accept the fact that I am a sinner saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. And I long to be part of the kingdom that welcomes all sinners and welcomes me in. Just raise your hand with me if that's you today. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you that your gospel is good news. Thank you that we are bad enough for you, that we are broken enough for you, and your body was broken for us. thank you that we serve a kingdom of kindness, goodness, peace, lack of violence, love of one another, honouring marriage. We serve a kingdom that has beautiful boundaries to it to help us live in a true freedom. In the name of Jesus, amen.